All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, 309. Eddie Murphy, the actor, and you know what? He's a surprising singer. A lot of people forget that he had a pretty good album. Wasn't bad. It's a good lead. And it is the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.com. CA, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where if you've yet to play, use the promo code SPORTS15. You'll get a free $50 bet your first time in. Best of luck. Stay within your limits. Uh, learn more. Use your game sense. Go to gamesense.ab.ca. Uh, we're joined now by a former NHLer, first round pick, two time author, also the uh, star, one of the stars in uh, Shorzy season three is uh, coming out, and a uh, big karaoke fan, loves to sing. So uh, is the uh, is he the Eddie Murphy of Shorzy? Maybe. Terry Ryan joins us. TR, how you doing? Good to be with you. And um, I do, I, I kind of like karaoke, but when I get up in town, it's up with the band, baby. Oh, so I know you... some of the local, you know, my buddies over the years in the bar scene downtown, so I like getting up and kind of being drowned out by a good electric guitar, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you're in with the so you're not like you're not the backup singer, you're like the front man with a loud guitar. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If I'm in a bar downtown and you know it's almost some of the places green sleeves for sure, it's almost like expected. If I'm there and I'm drinking with my buddies that someone will call me up. But they're layup songs. If we, the ones I do with the bands Jason are like Johnny Be Good, uh the apartment song Rave on, rock and robin, like the, these songs are 
really rock and robin man these are some the south side of chicago you you don't need to really go too far up or too far you don't need to have a huge spectrum okay a big you know yeah a big voice you you need a big presence more than a big voice okay yeah yeah. pick the right songs yeah no that hey that's just like in karaoke man like the no one likes to show off in karaoke it's all about the stage presence so you can uh you know your voice gets drowned out by the entertaining value that's a you know, dance around a little yeah. bit, uh, pick a tune that half the people in the crowd will sing along to, and suddenly uh, it it sounds better than uh, it would be. I mean, now, if you're a really good singer, it's a respect I have for people who can sing. Like, I'm always in awe of people who can sing, just like people can draw. I can't, uh, I have zero drawing ability. Um, I don't have much artistic ability. I respect it. I just can't do it. So I'm always in awe when I see someone who can draw. And you really, it's one of those things where I'm just like, God, I wish I could do that. And I just, I can't really see in 3D. Like, I, I'm not a good drawer. I'm awful. Yeah, I can do nothing. Nothing no. that I, I I can't like stick man a little bit better than that. <laughs> but you barely. know what? So you like a good music vibe too. Someone asked me the other day, like, what's the common denominator in my life? Like, if I have a beer in my hand, yeah. What's the common denominator? Like, is it? Am I at a beach? Am I at a sports event? Uh, which friends? Which? But the common denominator to me, first and foremost, is music. Okay. Usually, ninety percent of the time, I'm either live band or I'm in somewhere. That plays, even if it's the keg, I want the music turned up a bit if I'm at the bar, you know, like that's always a part of it. Um, Not that I associate drinking with music. I'm just saying usually when I want to unwind and hang out, even with buddies, there's music involved more so than anything else. All right. Um, Lots happening uh, this past weekend, but I guess let's start because we haven't talked about it on the show yet. Uh, William Nylander signs uh, an eight-year extension with the Leafs for 11.5 million bones. Um, You know, good for him. He's having a very good season. He's been a very good player now for the last few years. Uh, I don't think there's much debate on that. Um, Guy who continually still is getting better every year. He hasn't uh, reached his peak yet. And I don't think it's a gross overpayment. Um, I can make the argument that I don't think he should be paid more than David Pasternak, who's 11.25. It's not a huge amount. But I just look at Toronto and all their big guys all get paid max dollars. Right, like John Tavares, and it started with John Tavares, and I think that kind of set their internal cap, and it's always been that way. So Mitch Marner now, who's making ten point nine, is like, well, I guess I'm a twelve point five million dollar player next year, right? Like that's that's the the trouble that Toronto has themselves locked into right now is that all their guys, when they get a contract, they're all peak value. Like William Nylander could score a hundred points. TR. No one's going to look and say, oh, well, now it's really good value contract. Like, there's no way to get a value con, like Leon Dreisaitl, value contract, Nathan McKinnon, Pasternak, Marshawn for years. And Toronto just doesn't have that. No, like, it seems that all their guys max out. Like, you knew yeah. he wasn't getting 12, right? Like, you, you, you knew he wasn't getting 12. He was going to get somewhere, and he got, 11, got the closest thing to it. Like, did they negotiate at all at the beginning of the season? Yeah, people thought <laughs> he was going to be under 10. You know, like, I, I don't really remember. I know it was happening. Wouldn't wouldn't ten have been great? Like for him at the beginning of the year, he would have taken that, right? I think they were they were him and Han about eight point five to ten, maybe somewhere in there. And uh, you know, it's another that one thing I will say about it. There's pros and cons to this. Again, it's hard for me for me to wrap my head around Nealander getting paid eleven point five million, and and I think it's going to be thirteen percent of the cap, even that. But he's playing a lot better. You might say, oh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a contract year. But the thing is, the guy doesn't seem phased by the pressure of playing in Toronto. He seems to embrace it. Not everybody can say that. Yep. If you're going to pay somebody, you know, I, I think of all of them, I like 
him if I was a GM from that perspective. Like he, he wants to be a Leaf, first of all. I'm not saying all the Leafs don't want to be Leafs, but he really does to the point of he's had I've been under major scrutiny uh, for years. And, you know, on that contract, and it was pretty good if you look back on it at the time, people considered it a little bit of an overpay at first. But just being a Leaf and just not extending further into the playoffs is pressure enough you could make 15 million a year or 200,000 like that that's just you know there's an expate way if you're a leaf there is a cloud around you and there's a media presence unlike most places in the league and if you want to do that and not only does he do it he does it coming out shirtless with like a chain on with his hair done <laughs> like chewing a toothpick it seems that nothing phases this guy so if i'm the leaps that really does factor in so that that's that's a good thing yeah that's that's a fair point i look at at, at nylander and he also like matthews went four years on his extension nylander went eight and he, you know he got the max deal he wasn't going to get much more i don't think and so he he signed the perfect deal austin matthews is probably going to resign in four more years and, and get even more right now he's a different goal scorer right he's the best goal scorer today in the National Hockey League. So, you know, that's going to command something different. And so I get the Leafs are like, hey, we don't want to lose all of our guys. So this guy's eight years. You lock him up. And, you know, Toronto's playing really well. Martin Jones has a, it's like he's drinking from the fountain of UTR. This guy couldn't get a 900 save percentage to save his life for four years. And now all of a sudden he's rocking over 925. Like the goaltending position, man, like if you could find a goalie scout who could accurately get you good gold. God, that guy would be worth so much. And and maybe it's not needed because from year to year, there seems to be such a massive change uh, in success for lots of different goaltenders. Like you don't see many of like the top forwards who score, you know, between 90 to 100 points. Well, they might have a bad year and score 78, right, or 80. They, They don't go from like 100 to 60, not very often anyway. Yeah, and like Huberto, Huberto is the except. Like Huberto is like a yeah. goalie. He's the exception to that. Yeah, I know. I, I look. I was having this conversation the other day, and it's like, like, I've. It's kind of my thinking with the quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, is there a lack of them, or is does it all average out? And someone's got to have bad stats. I, I, I don't know, but it just that doesn't make sense. You know, you look at guys like. I don't know, Campbell and Samsonov, let's go. If we're talking Toronto, we're talking Edmonton. There's two easy layup answers. I'm sure every team goes through it. But these guys are all-stars. They're, they're, they're putting up good, and then they're, they're in their 20s, and the next season just can't put it together. Now, how much of that is, is uh, you know, bad bounces, bad luck, and how much of it, but when that starts to happen, then your, your head gets going, right, and then it becomes something, and then you're chasing something, and you're running from something at the same time. I, I you know, I, I don't envy that position at all. It, it, to me, did I think Jones was going to come back and do this? No. But on the the other side of that coin is that can he keep it up? First of all, and should I be that that surprised? I mean, he's put up decent numbers in the past. And the goalie position is another one where analytics, I think, more than anything else, like you, there's shots, then there's there's save percentage, there's goals against. Then where are these shots coming from? And, you know, how many rebounds? How many rebounds are you letting up? I think there's a lot that goes into it. A goalie coach today, I think, is way, way, way underrated in the scheme of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. What do you do? And to pick up on that, how long do they ride a guy, though, that's going to be obviously tired due to age? Is Hildeby going to get in? <laughs> I thought he was getting in against Anaheim. It's yeah. the same thing when I talk about Rodrigue out there. But anyway, you know, it's yet yet to be seen, I guess. But, I mean, if he was going to play, wouldn't you think it would have been Tuesday? 
Yeah, or, or I don't know. Maybe there's now they have a few days off and they're playing the lowly Sharks again. So uh, I don't know. But at some point, you'd think maybe he'll get in. Now the difference is Marty Jones. It's not like they're going to ride Marty Jones into the sunset. I think they're just waiting to say, hey, Marty Jones is going to play a lot until we get Wall back, and then he's going to be our guy. So I think that's probably what they're looking at uh, more. They felt like, hey, we need the points and uh, needed to get on a little bit of a winning streak, and so they did. Uh, on that road trip. Uh, meanwhile, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, all they do is win lately. Uh, winners of seven in a row. Really, you know, the score said three to one. Uh, Stuart Skinner, when called upon, made some big stops for sure. But the Oilers, like, Forsberg kept that game from being a blowout. It's something that Stuart Skinner was very glowingly talking to me about Forsberg in the, after that game, about how, you know, we high-fived after the second period. He goes, I thought we'd have been up 6 nothing after the first. Like, Forsberg was the only reason that game was close. Like, the Ottawa Senators, TR, um, they look lost offensively, lost offensively. And I'm not, I don't love their strategy of having Jacques Martin as a lame duck coach the rest of the year. I just don't think, even if you want to say, Hey, you know, cause the guy's like, okay, I'll listen to the guy, but who cares if I listen to him? Cause he's not going to be here anyway. So I don't know that that's, I'm, I'm not saying players have that attitude up front, but it might seep in. And I just, to me, they'd be better off trying to find their coach of the future here in the next two months. I would be doing coaching interviews now, have them in place by March so he can get used to these guys for two months and they'll know what to expect next season. Because the last thing they need to do is come into training camp next year, starting from scratch again. Again? Each year, doesn't it seem like something plagues them uh, on off the ice more than on? I thought that was curious, too. Now, you got a lame duck coach in there who's 90 years old or – what is it? He's got to be in his 70s. Yeah, he's 71, I think. I don't want to be ageist either, but I don't know. I would recommend this. My dad's 71, local coach, did all kinds of great here. I don't think he'd be a great fit for the junior local junior team. I just, there's there's a disconnect. Um, and, you know, you know he's lame duck. It's almost like you're giving up early on. And I I don't know, the, the, the season's slipping away. Unlike the Oilers when they were spiraling, the Oilers still had games that I was like, wow, like they this a lot of this is chance you know they they i think they outshot san jose the game they lost at the beginning of the year like by 20 or 25 shots so you could kind of see it coming i don't see that with the with the senators i see a team that doesn't know what they're doing they're out there they're not there there's spurts and you got kachuk who's really one of the best leaders around and he's dropping his gloves he's trying to do everything but it almost you know where that kind of thing often boosts a team it's almost like they're um immune to a momentum swing people aren't even smiling i know that comes with losing but i don't know like i said we could pick out the each game the oilers were making stupid mistakes but they didn't look so much in disarray the the senators just don't look like they have it like they look like one of the worst teams that i've seen in recent history and coming into the year the expectations were so high so um i don't know i think it's another lost year who knows what they're gonna do oh god it's a terrible year uh jason gregor terry ryan with you on sports 1440 we have um Kevin Woodley coming up. Some interesting topics. Tuscan goaltending. Uh, Andy Petrillo. Uh, more around the NHL when we return. The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We are coming to you live as always in the Ewell Studio. E W E L dot C A for all your electrical needs. Three twenty-seven. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, with you. Sports fourteen forty. Live and orders nation. YouTube. How are you today? Uh, get ready. It's getting cold in Edmonton. Yowza. So uh, buckle up. It's going to be a little bit cold here for the next few days starting on uh, Wednesday. But that's uh, the usual January cold. It'd just be easier if it was snowy. I don't know why. If I had snow, I'd just feel like it'd be a little bit better. 
Anyway, let's go uh, around the NHL now. Brought to you by McDonald's. And hey, speaking of the cold, you know what will warm you up? On when it's chilly out in the morning, stop in at McDonald's and you can have their breakfast burrito wrapped in a cozy tortilla blanket. Enjoy one every day until 11 a.m. Only at McDonald's. And uh, we are going to be uh, joined by uh, former NHL uh, GM and a host on uh, Sirius XM, uh, Gord Stellick, uh, moment, uh, momentarily. I think he uh, joins us now. Yes, indeed. Uh, former NHL GM, of course, uh, host on uh, Sirius XM. Gord Stellick joins us. Gord, uh, you're on the air with uh, Jason Greger, Terry Ryan. How you doing? I'm good, Jason. Terry, um, all good. I guess in Leafland, all good. And uh, I guess in Orderland, things are pretty good, too. Yeah, well, hey, Winnipeg, Vancouver. Hey, this could be the year for Canada. <laughs> this could be the year. You never know. Uh, you never know. Um now you were the GM there, Gord. So you might know. But like, I look at the Leafs, and it seems like ever since they signed John Tavares, like they've never gotten like none of their star guys have ever looked upon and said, "Wow, that's a value contract." Like McKinnon or Marshawn or Pasternak or Drysaddle or others. Like their guys, their top guys, always get like max dollars. It seems. Yeah, and you're you're hoping, and, and uh, hey. Um, they're entitled to ask for what they want and what they feel they earned and rightly should get. But you're right in the sense that it's the cap world uh, and it's a it, it's a formula that what is it uh, uh, you know a disproportionate amount of the cap goes to your top four forwards. Uh, so far, it has not brought them playoff success, so it hasn't been a formula that's worked team wise in the playoffs. But uh, it's kind of like you you hope in the in the playoffs they can be as aggressive as they are negotiate their contracts because you're right about that and you know even with the Boston Bruins you know the Marchand Bergeron era that kind of ended with Pasternak's deal and Charlie McAvoy's deal as well I know you know Connor McDavid was a great example leaving some money on the table years ago um, I'm I'm thinking this Toronto model if that's what you want to call it I think more and more we're going to see that moving forward you know getting as much as you can you look at the Leafs, and despite their injuries on defense this year, and obviously the uncertainty and now injuries and bad play and goal, they, they've actually played pretty well defensively, which has been the one area of their game that had to improve if they wanted to go deep in the playoff score. And now, you know, they're getting some of their D-men back, and, you know, we'll see, you know, if Wall or Samsonov, when they return, you know, what will happen. But if you're the GM there, like, is it still too obvious to say, like, do they need one, or do you think they need two defensemen still if they want to have a deep run? Well, you know, and it's funny, because uh, the defense is always the thing pointed to as their weakness, yet last year in the playoffs, the last seven playoff games, they never allowed more than two goals uh, in, in their last seven playoff consecutive games. So it was the offense that dried up. But uh, it, it is uh, the defense, you know, and, and last year when you talked about the McCabe deal coming over, that kind of deal, I mean, that was the big deal. Ryan O'Reilly, of course, not a defenseman, was a big deal as well. But Luke Shen ended up being a real gem for a third-round pick. I mean, that, yeah. you know, those are kind of the ones that you hope you get and you're, you're hoping you get at a, a decent cap number. But that... Yeah, particularly, you know, it's kind of like with Edmonton as well. You're, you're, you're heading into the playoffs, and you're looking to possibly playing 28 games, and you want to win 16 somehow. And so you're looking for a deep playoff run. And then if you get eliminated in the first round or eliminated early, uh, that depth doesn't come into play as much anymore. But that, yeah, I, I think depth in general, whether, you, whether you're a, a kind of a top-heavy team like the Oilers or an extremely top-heavy team like the Leafs, whether it's forward defense, that's going to be the key, you know, getting that kind of depth, getting that third and fourth line consistency uh, in, in particularly playoff action. But as far as Toronto goes, 
like like I think pretty well everybody, they'll be looking for a defenseman or two. Gord, great to talk again, by the way. And um, Revival, your book, how's it doing? Yeah, I think we talked in Newfoundland all those years ago, right? We did. Yeah, we did. We yeah. spoke in Newfoundland. I can't remember even why. Maybe it was Hockeyville or something, but I remember. Yeah, we yeah, you were there. You were there with your dad. So I guess this uh, revivals us chatting again after all these years. So how about that, Terry? Uh, it's, uh, oh, wow. And and so my family knows to get us books at Christmas time. They just get like eight or ten books of me and my dad trade and go go through them all. Anyway, that was one well, of them. So I was curious. <laughs> well, um, I you know, it's funny you talk about. You know, the Oilers had those glorious years in the 80s, and they went all the way. And this is a, a really, uh, really, um, uh, you know, like you, you think about the, 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 the it came around with Borea Salming and his, his reception yeah. last year when he came back, you know, what happened that weekend, just a couple of weeks before he died. And you realize he and uh, Sittler and company are iconic figures. And you find out that, you know, Sittler, Salming, Tiger, and Lanny McDonald, they're best friends over 40 years after playing. Now, I don't know if Matthews, Marner, Willie, and all yeah. those will be, but it's, it's a really neat story that way. And they finally had that one playoff series win where they upset the New York Islanders. And then there's the what-if factor because the team was dismantled after when there was a change in management with Punchima coming in. So we kind of cover that era, Roger Nielsen being an icon- iconic, ahead of a captain video, ahead of, the, ahead of the world coach and what have you. So it was a, it was a fun, fun book to write with Damian Cox. And uh, I hope people, um, you know, if you pick it up, I think you'll really enjoy it. I know it's uh, people of a certain era will remember it, but I also think like, you know, Terry and Jason, that a good story is a good story, whether it's on TV or a book. And I think people just relate to it in general. So I appreciate you mentioning it. And uh, it was really a kind of a labor of love for me to do along with Damian Cox. Well, look, I'm really enjoying it. Don't tell Damien that. Um, but look, there's <laughs> parallels. I, you know what I'm noticing? So here you got the 77-78 Leafs, right? They had some yep. big draft picks that they developed, right? You got, yep. And you got Sittler had 10 points the year before. I didn't realize the game was in 76. So there's a bit of, you know, there's star presence there. Uh, you know, they're bringing on a, a lot of their draft picks like they are now. Borea Salming, you got Nylander, like a very popular Swede on their team. Um, except it, re- you know what it no- I noticed? There's a lot of similarities. 40 wins, I believe. Um, they, they seem, the 77, 78 Leafs seem to have more of an identity. Do you think these Leafs now have an identity beyond jamming out the first round? If that, or, and, and do you think, are, are they good with Jones? Do they, do they need to find anybody? Or are they going to rely on Jones and, I guess, Wall? And is Samson off done? I know it's a loaded question, but let's go with the parallels, the identity, and, you know, what do you think they're going to do in goal? No, it's funny you mention that because Daryl Sittler, who was a big help in the book and still works with the organization, mentioned that. And he said, you know, this, this team needs to find something to get, get something comparable to that big win over the New York Islanders. So there's a lot of comparables. That team back then was desperate in goal, and Mike Palmatier was called up as a, kind of a Hail Mary. And for about three seasons, he was as good a goaltender as there was in the NHL. And so now, again, I talked about Luke Shen, you know, being kind of a quieter trade deadline acquisition. How about all the free agents that the Maple Leafs signed? And the most important one's been Martin Jones, who actually cleared waivers at the start of the year. That, uh, you know, he really has helped them through this time where Ilya Samsonov had just flat out lost his game. 
which, you know, I, you have that in Edmonton with Jack Campbell, unfortunately. And then Joe Wall, who looks like, kind of like Stuart Skinner, you know, that he could be the real deal, uh, down with injuries for a bit. So, really, uh, Martin Jones has got them out of a pickle right now because uh, I, it would be like, you know, Brad Treliving would have had to go get the NHL version of Rent-A-Goldie to try to, you know, get by about 10 or 20 games or so. So, uh, that, that has been a guy coming up big when you really had no choice almost and just when you needed it. Gord Stellick joins us here on Sports 1440 and Live and Orders Nation YouTube. Uh, Gord, uh, in the same province, the Ottawa Senators, what do you make of the, uh, now, like, not having a, a full-time coach? And I get it if it's, you know what, you don't want to rush in and hire the wrong guy, but for me anyway, I think having Jacques Martin play out the whole season, now all you're doing is delaying your chance to have success to start next year. Yeah, you'll bring in a new coach, but then you're going to spend all training camp and the first 10, 15 games of the season trying to get used to how that coach wants to play. Will they not be better off to do a search now and hope you can find the guy and bring him in in March? Hey boy, you were, you know, when you were talking about the, the, the strong seasons by Canadian teams off the top, I really thought Ottawa would be, would be one of them. And you know what I think happened, Jason and Terry, is that there's been coaching changes, as you well know, in, in Edmonton. And I, and I think that, you know, Ottawa and Edmonton were different than Minnesota and St. Louis in that it got to the point you had no choice. Like, you didn't want to do what Woodcroft at Edmonton, but you had no choice. And in Ottawa, you just had no choice. They, they really wanted to keep the stability for a year and figure it all out and, uh, uh, so, um, I, in a way, I agree. I, I, I really believe they wanted to use Jacques Martin as a resource for DJ Smith and that, but it just got that they had no choice. So, it doesn't preclude them. Like, let's use Craig Berube, for example. I mean, I, I, I don't know. A lot of people seem to think John Gruden in the American Hockey League is ticketed to rejoin all those guys like they had success before okay. in the American League. But, you know, if you're interested in a Berube, well, then you're going to have to go after him now probably. You know, for, so I, I still think the door is open for that. But I think they flat out, they really didn't want to make that coaching change, and it was a last resort. I really don't think they intended for Jacques Martin. And they have not got the dead cat bounce like the other coaching changes have done for the short term for a particular team. So, so we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, it's, not, it's been an unexpected, not very good situation at all in Ottawa. The Winnipeg Jets... Um, technically, it's the second time in franchise history because the Atlanta Thrashers were in first place for one day back in uh, November 8th of, 9th of 2006. One day there in first place, but uh, never again. The Jets have now been in first place for four, count- for four days. And I uh, will be tonight, regardless of what happens. Uh, where, do you, where do you come out on the Jets? Uh, how, how much of a believer are you in what uh, they're doing in Winnipeg? Well, you know, and my co-host on NHL Morning Skate, Scott Lachlan, busts me all the time because I went through a run that I picked the Washington Capitals for I don't know how many years to win the Cup. They didn't. And then when you forgot about them, they did. I think I picked the Jets twice in the past, you know, to be that team. And all the, now I'm really seeing it. Now I'm really seeing it. And, you know, you know, I think, and you know, Terry, you played. So when you're around organizations, particularly somewhere like Montreal, when there's a lot of stuff going on, that – you really, you know, white noise around the team is problematic. And certainly in the Harold Ballard era, we had a lot of it in Toronto. But, I mean, like even, even in Vancouver, John Garrett kind of said, you know something, 
we just got to play hockey this year and all the stuff that went on last season that, you know, we, and, and they eliminated it in Winnipeg. I mean, I don't think anyone expected both Hellebuck and Shifley to sign before the season. So that was huge. And then Lowry seems like the right captain. I mean, a lot of stuff like why would Paul Maurice leave in the middle of the year a couple of years ago and the way Dustin Bufflin left or the way Evander Kane left and the Dustin Bufflin situation the one year and on and on changing the captain and on and on always just stuff stuff. So whatever it is, They've been able to focus on playing hockey and not the other distractions, which which I think is huge, which I think which I think is a significant part. And then when you can play through a significant injury like they have with Kyle Connor, you know that's that's championship teams. They they don't they don't have the knee jerk answer at the end of the season. Well, injuries. Well, yeah, injuries uh, are part of the game. And if injuries like Zach Orensky last year uh, brought you down, well, you're you're flat out not good enough. Yeah, no, that's totally valid, and uh, you know Winnipeg looks good. And then uh, go to the other side of the country, uh, the Orders and the and the uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the Edmonton Orders were quite good last year. They had a terrible start, right? They had a terrible start. They made the change. Paul Coffey has really made a difference in just how their defensemen play, and they look to make plays all over the ice. And Chris Knobloch's come in and really solidified their penalty kill, and really kind of gives the same six penalty killers. He doesn't really go to McDavid or Drysaddle ever, even on a four minute double minor, which was uh, you know which was different. And I think it's given guys roles, but. When, uh, Vancouver and Edmonton, right now, looking at everything, which one of those two teams do you kind of like best moving forward? Well, I like them both, but I'm really bullish on Edmonton. I, I just, you know, I think the goaltending uh, situation was such a huge part. Like, if you have, if you have bad goaltending, Never mind mediocre, bad goaltending. You're screwed. I don't care what level of hockey. You're you're in big, big, big time trouble. And I think that was a pro- obviously a problem. Unfortunately, starting off early. But I, I uh, you know, last year the way they finished the season, uh, they've had some. You know, they've they've tasted it in the playoffs. They want to taste it more. And where you know Vancouver, it's kind of their first time around with this particular group. Now, you know, one thing they have over, whether it's Edmonton or Toronto, a guy like Thatcher Demko, when he's on top of his game, you know, that's a huge plus for the Vancouver Canucks, but both entertaining teams as well, you know, really, really enjoying it. But I've always been, and I never for a second doubted the Edmonton orders would get in the playoffs, no matter whatever the lowest of lows was. Gord, great stuff, man. We appreciate catching up with you. Uh, enjoy the uh, the season leading into the uh, the good t- the good player game, uh, not the All Star game because it's not. I, I refuse to call it the All Star game because they don't make it All Stars. So. Well, okay, I appreciate it, Jason Terry. Great catching up with you guys too. Uh, appreciate being on. You guys take care. There you go. That's uh, Gord stuff. And honestly, I'm calling it the All Good Game because that's what it is, and that's fine. Let's just call it the name that what it is. It's the All Good Game. Good players. They're not making it mandatory to be a great player at the All-Star game. So there's uh, the all-good game is what it is now. You don't have to be a star to participate. You just need to be good. And it doesn't matter how good you are. It's which team do you play for. That's going to help. 342, Jason Greger, Terry Ryan with you on Sports 1440. That was Around the NHL brought to you by Mick Donald's. Uh, we have uh, Ryan's rant coming up by Andy Petrillo. we got a lot of text to uh, to get to uh, in an open text line next on the Edmonton Orders and their quest for history this week. Yeah, that's right. The Edmonton Orders. Think about that. In kind of like the mecca of hockey on Saturday night could be going for their 10th consecutive win. Now they got to beat Chicago. They got to beat Detroit. Neither is guaranteed. Just ask the Calgary Flames. Ask the Edmonton Orders early this season against the San Jose Sharks. There's never a guarantee in the NHL. But the Orders, the way they're playing, they got a shot. They've become only the ninth team in NHL history to have three separate winning streaks of seven or more games in a span of 43. It's pretty good. If they win tomorrow, 
they'll become only the third team in NHL history to have three eight-game winning streaks in a span of 45 days. Because obviously you've got to add uh, or 45 games, not days, 45 games. So Because, of course, they uh, would finish last year on a – it was technically a nine-gamer, but uh, eight-gamer to end of the year. And then you go into – they won eight earlier this season, and now they're on a run of seven. Could be uh, could be quite the run for the Edmonton Oilers, but they got a ways to go to match uh, the recent success of Tampa Bay in the uh, 2018-2019 season. Tr, imagine these numbers. So you're a member of Tampa Bay. They won 41. They went 41, six and three over a 50 game stretch. 41, six and three. They had a seven gamer, a ten gamer, an eight gamer, and a seven game winning streak in that span. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Like, that's unreal. Eh? Like, imagine being on that team. You're just like, ah. And then Hedman got hurt near the end of the year and boom, crushed. Wow, man. I can see that in basketball. Hockey, it just seems the best team in the league can play the worst team. And you wouldn't, what, 50 times? And you wouldn't come out with 41 wins. That is amazing to go through a schedule, rigorous schedule, too. That many games, wow. You'd figure I would have known that while it was happening. I'm sure I knew they were good, but that is an absolutely mesmerizing statistic. Quick break. We'll return to the Gregor Show on Edmonton Sports Theater, TSN, or Sports 1440. 348. How are you? Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, Terry Ryan with you Monday afternoon. Hope you had an awesome weekend and get set for... Good week, work-wise, sports-wise. Of course, you have the national championship in uh, NCAA football on the line tonight. Washington, Michigan. Jeez, I saw there's There's so much hype about that. The people were wondering why Michigan, they didn't agree with their selections of uh, which jerseys they uh, or unis they opted to, to, to go with. So uh, I don't know if that matters, but I guess maybe we'll uh, we'll see. So uh, lots of speculation. This will be Harbaugh's uh, last game. Might be a good thing. So is, is Harbaugh going to replace Belichick and just bring back uh, um, all of the other shadiness? We'll see. Also, uh, Belichick. Any announcement yet, Con Matt, on uh, uh, B, on Bill Belichick? Nothing official yet. No, no. Will he count as a, a firing? Oh, I think I'd, they'll just part ways. If yeah, it I, I'd be very – I honestly think – that would be one where it is like a mutual parting of the ways, right? I think um, you could you could look at the last few years, and obviously they haven't had as much success, but no one had more than they did forever, right? Ever. So I always find sometimes, you know, people, we, we always focus more on the negative and we want to weigh it more that, oh, well, it's like the Jack Campbell sign. Is the Jack Campbell free agent signing being awful? 100%. Like, it's dreadful. But the Zach Hyman free agent signing has been so good it's one of the best that it it does. You you can't just use one and say, "Oh, look, the orders every signing's terrible." Well, no, the the Hyman signing was so good that it, you look, things even out. No one's going to hit home runs. Obviously, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to hit strikeouts as bad as Campbell. And by the way, the Connor Brown one is trending to be pretty wild, not as bad because it'll only be one year of pain. Because this year, there's really no pain. He makes league minimum, and he's playing like a league minimum player. And that's that's what I want to ask you, TR, was as I watched Connor Brown play, and you know what? I can see his penalty killing acumen. That's good. The rest of his game, like you're a guy who has zero goals. Zero. And 
like feel free to hit someone five on five. Like his contributions right now, five on five, Terry, are borderline invisible. Yeah, and I would have, by the way, I, I would have made that signing. Um, and the Campbell was five years, I guess, a lot more questionable. But I, I, I had every bit of confidence in Brown. I, I'm kind of surprised what I'm seeing. Not just by anybody can get, uh, you know, bitten by bad luck. Dawson Mercer is an example. I always bring him up. He's from Newfoundland, but you know, the first twelve games he had one assist. But he just played his 200 games, 200th consecutive game. He's a very reliable player. Now he's back to like 20-odd points in 30-something games. So I thought that was going to happen with Brown. But when I watch Brown, the difference is that he's, it, sometimes it seems like he's not even no. trying. He's, no. he's not following through on things that he would do as a player. I mean, you know, he was a pretty good player, but he needed to be doing those things. I, by that, I mean going to the hard areas, finishing checks, playing with a lot of tenacity doesn't necessarily have to fight, but everybody knows listening to this what I'm talking about, and especially if you've been watching him specifically. I got a question if the injuries are just still haunting him. If some players age faster than others, I don't know if his time has come. I hate to say that and be negative and pessimistic, but you're watching the same game I am, and he's not the same player. No, not at all. Like, You know what? The only saving grace for Edmonton was that they signed him to a one-year deal at league minimum next year. And he goes out and scores 20 goals. And then you're like, okay, well, at least now he's playing close to a $4 million player because that's what it's going to count on the cap next year, right? So that's that'd be the only way that you could salvage that contract, the only way you could do it. And I'm not sure. Like, if he does nothing this year, they probably don't want to bring him back, and he probably doesn't want to come back here. He's like, I'll just go somewhere else. It can't be any worse. So, But I'm just I'm surprised when I watch his game that I, I don't see much desperation in his game. And I get that lack of confidence is a factor. There's no lack of confidence to me. The factor would be when he's in the slot and he's got a good shot and he hits the guy right in the chest. That's where I could see it. But I'm not even seeing him getting many scoring chances. I'm not, and I'm definitely not seeing him like ever finish a hit. Like, my God, swing away, sir. Like, it's like he's in the uh, playground and just, ooh, swings, swing. And I just come in. Oh, oh no, God forbid I have any, any sort of contact whatsoever. Right, like I get that you swing on the penalty kill, but you're not supposed to swing on every five on five shift on a four check. Yeah, like I, I'm with you. I, when I'm looking at a player, I mean, okay, even not even when I'm looking at a player, I can look introspectively at that. I mean, as a- small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. As a player, you know, you the one thing that you can control is going out and finishing hits and working hard. And everybody looking, you know that... It, there's millions of people by extension, but you're in a ring, 20,000 people are watching you. You know, they're, they're going to judge. You know that. You know that. You know you're under heat. I, I just don't understand how you could go out there and be such a shadow of yourself um, from regards of, of trying and, and putting in the effort. Because we all know he's – I mean, I really, really like his game. I do. Uh, I, I kind of liked it like I like Zach Hyman's game and, and you know – one guy went one way and one guy went the other. And you would figure with so many influences around, especially playing with McDavid and, and players he played with in the past, but nothing has really worked. you got to wonder if something is in his mind. See, when things like this happen to a forward, to me, it's it, it's easier to deal with. I mean, look at Campbell. He can't do anything about it. Shots are going to come at him. I, ca I can't control where they're coming from. i got to make the save. I can't just make – got to go out. and. But if you're a forward, God, you can go out and start – ruckus you know you can punch someone in the head you can go in front of the net you can draw penalties you can kill penalties you can block shots you can throw your weight around there's so many things you can do that show up other than on the stat sheet yeah and unfortunately he's just not doing them no uh not at all and so you know we'll kind of see where it uh where it goes from here um if you'd uh uh text coming in 833-401-1440 uh I know uh, TR is big into films, guys, so I'm curious. Uh, what were his thoughts on Oppenheimer? Has he seen it? I don't know. TR, have you seen Oppenheimer? I haven't. It's queued up. I can't. Was I mentioning that on my podcast? Because it's a really odd time to mention that. As soon as this ends, I'm watching it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. queued up tonight. I got a couple of friends coming over. Yeah, we didn't make it to the theater. Okay. All right. Now, are you a big movie guy? Like, do you watch lots of movies? Hey, what's your cat's name in the background there? Yeah, Princess, yeah. <laughs> oh, she likes to come in just nuzzle right up. Hey, what's going on? Always, yeah. Oh, Always. Okay. Nice. Uh, yeah, How old's freedom. Princess? Princess about two years old. We go to the SPCA every couple of years, and the, the runoff kittens go down to my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> I can't walk through. Speaking of films, I, I worked on Republic of Doyle, yeah. right? And back, back then, um, so that was probably that show ended in 2016, and then we did Frontier in the same studio for the next few years. So I, I was like crew more than anything. And I was on the outskirts of the building often having to run errands. And right next to us was the SPCA. So I would go in and it was hard to sometimes get through there. Oh, God. Girls or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. Hard. Like if you, to, you, you're just punishing yourself if you go to the SPCA and think that you're not going to come out with an animal. Like it is, <laughs> it's hard, man. Like I remember my I wife was like, let's yeah. just go look at the puppies. And I was like, are you kidding me? There's no, ch if we go, then we have to say, like, we're going to get one. There's no way it could go there and be like, oh, yeah, look at them all. And they're giving you the puppy dog guys. And you're just like, yeah. okay, see you later. That was fun. Like, no chance. So, no, to me, it's, it's not a place to just, if you go, you're pot committed and you're going. Like, I, I could never do it. I couldn't go there and not take one. It's impossible. So, yeah. I just, you know what? Uh, exactly. I don't, I don't go unless I'm going to get one. There's no way. You know, unless you're volunteering to go there for work, that's different. Like if you're volunteering and you're going there for a thing, but if, if you go there, like, I don't know, it's, it's, you can't really go like, 
You know, window shopping. You can't, I don't think you can do. Well, at least I couldn't. I can go window shopping at the SPCA. It's not. It's not something, right? It's like. It's like me all of a sudden saying, "Hey, let's go down to the Cinezeo cinnamon place," and I'm just going to sit there. I'm going. Oh, I'm going to smell the cinnamon buns, but I'm not going to eat one. <laughs> yes. Like, come on. There's certain things you just can't do. I couldn't do it. I couldn't go. Like maybe some people have better have better uh, um, willpower than me, but I'm like, man, if I tour the SPCA and I'm there, I'm. There's no way I'm leaving without an, like a puppy. I wouldn't, not a big cat guy, but I would uh, take dogs. Like we had farm cats. I loved farm cats, but most of them were outside. So and they'd come in for a bit, but they were usually outside. They were good mousers. So that's what I liked about them. That's what I've got going. I, I, I love dogs. I always had a dog, but I travel way too much to be responsible with one. So I got a gecko over there in the corner. My daughter loves the kitties. So I, and we got a huge, I, my parents and I live oh, close to each other. Oh, you have a massive other. backyard. I, I saw it on the yeah, video. Right. Yeah, It's on a river and there's nothing for. You have any coyotes to come in? Miles from my parents' point of view. So, uh, yeah, so we got cats and it's either that or the, I'm in there and they, some of them get put to sleep if no one, you know, and you'll see a cat and no one goes after the ones who are like after they're three or four years old. And I kind of feel bad. So that's what it's become. It's become a cat sanctuary. Not into cats really either. It's just they're alive and they're. They, they're very independent, cats are, I tell you that, right? Like they, yeah. I, I love dogs. I prefer dogs. But uh, as you see, Princess is very independent, and uh, she goes out sometimes for days and comes back content. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's very different, yes. Uh, the, the dogs will, you know, some cats are like, hey, how's it going? And then I'm out. Like, you know, they'll sit on your lap for a bit, and then they're gone. So, yeah, it's a very, very different type of personality for sure. So, um, Although I, I find it is different, and, and I'm, you know, not judging, but maybe a bit, you, you know, people that have like, there's more like there's, you don't really hear, oh, dog lady or dog guy as a negative, right? Because some people are cat people, but they end up having like eight of them. Right? And that's one of yeah. because like, there's, there's not as many people who hoard dogs as they are cats. That's true. I never thought about that. There are a lot of, uh, even the Simpsons has a cat lady, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, there's, but. And they play off stereotypes is what I'm saying. So there are a lot of them. Yeah, I, I never really thought about it from that point of view. But maybe because of that, maybe the cats, I don't think even the most irresponsible pet owner could could fathom having that many dogs because <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I, just, I don't think that I think the dogs just need more human interaction and are, you know, we, we, I'm reading a book um, called Sapiens. It's a great, it's a, like the, from when humans. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much when we started with agriculture to now. And I never had thought about it before how defenseless we are now. We, we, one of the things that separates us or, or at least set us on our evolutionary pattern when we started to have agriculture and farming was that we would raise babies as a community kind of thing. So for like for the first year, we're completely defenseless. Whereas I don't know, a giraffe, a cow, has a calf and you know they're walking within minutes oh dude but, uh, it's amazing I, I noticed that with dogs and not cats right yeah. dogs are the same way they need you there if they don't have like immediately when they're pups but kittens you know a few days and then they're gone they're gone which again i'm, I'm not looking for that but it, it, it enables me to have more Four o'clock uh, when we come back, Andy Petrillo. Lots of big stories to uh, talk about with uh, Andy after a Connor Halley Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Now we got some snow, so you know what that means. It's a little bit slippery. If you've been waiting, do not wait any longer because with the snow, guess what? It's cold coming. So not only can they fix your tires, hey, they can fix your car. Lots of mechanical stuff that they do. Check it out, fountaintire.com. This is a...